Coders making a final move after that lead. Master Lightning down inside. Cairo Prince in the midst of his rally now. It'll be floated wide by Honor Coders. The field turns for home. Wicked Strong is just in behind him, and he switched to the outside. And now they're flying past the eight pole. And it's Cairo Prince. Cairo Prince short lead. Honor Code fighting him all the way. Then farther back, it's Wicked Strong and Intense Holiday. Final 16th of a mile. Cairo Prince and Honor Code. Honor Code fighting hard all as they come down to the finish. And it is... Oh, that was close. Did Honor Code come back, or did Cairo Prince hold on? It'll take a photo to figure it out. And Wicked Strong was third in a thriller. Chasing the Triple Crown, 12th podcast, 148 days until the Kentucky Derby. This is Howard Dinette, CEO of Angolite Media. I also have Max Dinette here with me, Chief Editor, Editor-in-Chief of Angolite Media. Is also the, the host of Beers, Beards, and Bastards, a comedic look at craft beers. Yes, sir. There he is. And we also have the infamous ever-elusive... Who's on with us today? We've talked about Tommy a number of times. Good friend of mine, known him for thirty years. He's also my my handicapping mentor, and and I'm still learning from him. So he's he's been a, a great friend of mine, and we go to the track a lot, and got a lot of great track stories. He's like dead silent right now. Too. <laughs> he is dead silent. So Tommy, Tommy, say a few words. Hey, it's a pleasure to join you, fellas. I've been um, enjoying your shows right along, and uh, they're very insightful, a little comical, and. Um, I'm glad to be part of the family. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, no worries. Tommy's like a brother to me. So, uh, the, the <laughs> a little golf clap going there. <laughs> Did you hear it, Tommy, or no? <laughs> Did you hear it, Tommy? No. 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 Okay. okay. So, this, so it'll be inferred. <laughs> so this week, <laughs> so th- this week we're going to cover, we're going to recap the Remsen, um, talk about the Kentucky Jockey Club, talk a little bit about the Clark and the Scar Mile. So... Um, first of all, let's let's hit a little news here. So, the future wagering pool at Kentucky Derby, we had one last week before the Remsen. Um, so, so it opened, and some of the horses we already know all the horses that are kind of the lead horses. But Honor yep. Code was the favorite, right? So he, he went off at fifteen to one. New Year's Day, who won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, went off at twenty to one. Almost Famous, twenty to one. Strong mandate, thirty to one. Cairo Prince, who was in second to Honor Code in the Remsen, thirty to one. And Havana, there's just some highlights on some of these horses, thirty to one. So I think all of those got pretty good shots for winning. So that that pool was kind of inter- kind kind of strange because it opened and closed before the Remsen. There's there's four other pools. One the 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 next one coming up is from the February sixth to eighth. The second derby pool, the third derby pool is from the 27th to the 1st, um, and that's also the Oaks pool. And then uh, the fourth pool is from March 27th to 29th. So, I don't know. Tommy, any thoughts on that? <laughs> it's kind of strange. Yeah, it's, it's, funny. A, <laughs> it's funny to me how that pool always attracts the most money and the huge favorite, and then the closing part of that first pool was the all other. Yeah. And no one we've quite heard of yet which is very possible that someone can pop up out of the 
still a long way to go, and all these horses that we're speaking of are still two. We don't even, they haven't even graduated yet with their birthdays on the first of the year. But uh, it's funny how people take that low price, low price on those also others and cut it down to three to two or sometimes less. When yeah. If they do pop up and come around, they're probably going to be maybe 15, 20, 30 to one when they go to post in the derby. So yep. it's kind of odd how people approach that pool. Cool. Um, so in other news, Suge says Honor Code is going to South Florida to begin his three-year-old season. So that that's either going to be, I, I don't know, Tommy, what do you think? Is it going to be the Holy Bowl or is it going to be in the Fountain of Youth? Holy Bowl! <laughs> there you go. Holy Bowl. I think it will be the Holy Bowl. My, my hope is that he stays in Florida. I think Suge's bringing him to Payson Park, actually, for the uh, for the workout scenario, and then they'll ship him over to Gulfstream. But hopefully he will run in the Holy Bowl and then stick around and continue the trail through Florida. And, yeah, that'd be um, great maybe get to the Florida Derby and because uh, I believe Kara McLaughlin's thinking to go the same way with Cairo Prince. Yep, he is. I, I think that's what I, I also read that. So, Yeah, it's pretty interesting. That would be great if they're down in Florida. So, so yeah, Florida race is heating up. Gulfstream, uh, what they call their champions meet, which is their normal meet, which they have opened up this weekend or last weekend, and then Tampa opened up on Wednesday, so Florida race is in full swing for the, for the winter. Cool. It's neat. Um, so, so, talk about uh, you, you're talking to me a little bit before the the, the cast here the, about Sounds honor like code. Some dogs in the background. <laughs> That's good. So, so honor code had some condition that he had to get. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> that honor code is, is what they call a wristling, um, which is uh, an odd an odd situation for a horse for a for a male horse anyway, because one of his testicles hasn't descended. Ouch! It's not, it's not uncommon, but it's um. Actually, Sunnyside was a wrestling, and then, of course, he was gelded, so he continued on with his obviously very successful career. And um, I believe Honorco actually stopped in Kentucky to have some surgery done, which I'm not sure if that was to geld him or whether it was just to relieve whatever condition that may be, but obviously it certainly doesn't affect all your runs. He runs yeah. fine. So. Yeah. He ran pretty well in the in the Rams. Very so. well, yeah. yeah. So, in other news, so so just moving on from that, um, I, I was real curious as to why Almost Famous scratched in the Kentucky Jockey Club, and I did a little bit of reading, and um, I guess he popped a stone gravel, and I and I looked it up. Um, it, it's a, a stone bruise, which is a bruise on the cornet band which is the band that runs above the hoof on a horse and i looked at this online and it was fairly disgusting <laughs> you, yeah you said it's like a cuticle on a person yeah it's like so so like the cornet band is like a cuticle and the hoof grows from that which yeah. is but it looked n- nasty so anyhow they, they they were trying to treat it topically um i guess they said that um almost famous was a hundred percent but then he started to show some signs of infection which is not good so before he runs again, they're going to make sure he's 100%. But I thought that was a little bit of interesting news. I was wondering why. I didn't know why he scratched. I think he scratched later in that day. I don't know if you know, Tommy, but um, before the... Con- I mean, that sounds very painful. I wonder how many of these other low claimers we bet on throughout the year that oh, have yeah. that. They don't even know it yet. But yeah. We're putting our money down on them. Hopefully they're doing all right. But yeah. you never really know with some of these. That's true. Um, so th- another news too is uh, Mucho Macho Man is going to be running in 2014. I, I read that um, Kathy Ritvo, 
um, said she might put him in the the Sunshine Millions in the Don. And you, Don, Tommy, you go to the Don almost every year, correct? I will be at the Don. Yep, I make that trip every year as well from here. I'm, I live in Orlando, so I, I get down to Gulfstream a few times a year. And um, Tampa as well, too. I try to get over there occasionally. So I'm very excited about Muto Macho Man coming back and racing another year. It's awesome. So on to the rants and raves. So... Do you have a rave, Tommy? Go ahead. Shoot it out there. I do have a rave. My rave for um, 19-year-old Dylan Davis. And uh, Dylan Davis is the son of the very good Robbie Davis, jockey in New York on the NYRA circuit for many years and now training in New York and also a few other places. But um, Dylan had a very good Churchill Fall meet, um, winning 13 times out of only 89 starts for nearly $260,000. So it's uh, awesome. a young guy... Heading in the right direction, and uh, good luck, and there's a rave out the village. There you go. Good job. little golf clap, too. Um, so my next rave would be for Will Take Charge. He, he wins by a nose, almost gave me a heart attack. I had a good exacto with Will Take Charge and, and Game On Dude in the um, the Clark on last Friday. So, um, and, and, and I read an article with Bob Baffert. He said he should be considered for Horse of the Year. I think he's going to win three-year-old Horse of the Year over Orb. So anyhow... Great job yeah, I for with, with three year old, definitely. He should be three year old without a doubt. And course of the year, it's hard to tell, you know. Yeah. Wise Dan is wise Dan and Yep. Mucho Macho Man. I don't think just because of the the uh, classic victory that he's in that contention, but he's done nothing really wrong. No. He's grown up a bit later, um, and got very good late in this three-year-old season. If he was running this form earlier, we may be talking about somebody special in the in your chase for the triple crown. You may have had an impact, definitely. Yeah. So anyhow, the next rave is the old man. Seven-year-old flat-out wins a cigar mile. Caught me kind of flat-footed. I, I did a really shitty job handicapping that race. And uh, congrats to Bill Mott and Junior Alvarado and their team. So that's a, that's another rave. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, seven-year-old. And he ran pretty – I don't know, did you catch that, Tom? Did you look at the cigar yeah, mile? Yeah, I did. I, I paid attention. Yeah, I actually played in that race. I was on Clearly Now. Who had a, geez, he had a horrible trip. He ran up the heels of a horse in front of him and nearly knocked Goofy Doll sideways. And yeah. And else got regrouped and goes fairly well. But yeah, Groupy Doll. Got, race was yeah. the, the horse that came in second there, private zone. Went off at thirty-two and a half to one. Yeah, it's crazy. That's the horse that won the Grade One Bosford the last time he raced. Now, where else do you get a horse going thirty-two to one that won a Grade One his previous race? Pretty, pretty amazing. <laughs> Filled up the exact very nice. You know, so the four hundred dollar exact. <laughs> so you can pile on to this next. I'm going to do a rant here. I'm going to do a Howard sucked rant handicapping <laughs> the freaking. <laughs> the the freaking uh, cigar mile and uh, I sucked wind on the uh, um, the Kentucky Jockey Club. My my picks there were not very good. So anyhow, so that's the Howard sucked rant. Tommy, anything to add to that one? <laughs> How about a golf swing? <laughs> anyhow, so moving on to the next. What's that? Go ahead, Tommy. Little interesting fact here before we get off the rant and rave thing. I got an interesting story about the Tampa Bay Downs, which opened Wednesday for their first part of the 2013 season, 2013 14 season. And uh, apparently, a gentleman wagering on a ninth race yesterday seemed it was pretty easy money to bet on a horse called Bellamy Storm. 
And what we call in the business is a bridge jumper. And what a bridge jumper is is someone that invests an outrageous amount of money for a very small return, which is normally placed on a horse that shows. This particular race, it looks to me, I don't have the exact show pool totals, but at least I think he invested at least a hundred grand to show on this. Oh, man. This particular guy beat four of them, but there was seven more in front of him, so he was out of the money, which keyed show payoffs of $91. Oh, my God. And $39. And the, the funny part of that is this guy, if he did wager the 100000 he was wagering 100000 to win 5000 Wow, that's pretty which, dumb. In the vernacular, if you have 100000 why do you need 5000 <laughs> thought that was very interesting for a day in Tampa. <laughs> that's... On a race for a purse of $24,000. Wow. Yeah, that's, 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 that's dumbness, I think. It happens a lot. That's rough. <laughs> 100 grand to win five. Yeah, that's, that's, right. that's horrible. <laughs> Thanks for the story. That's a good one. Um, the uh, so on to the chase for the triple crown. So since we had two races last weekend, there's been some changes in the standing, and I'm happy to say that um, Honorco jumped up in the ranking. So Havana, Havana and Honorco are tied at 14. Tapature, the the horse, it was a Steve Asmussen horse that won the Kentucky um, Jockey Club. Um, it's got 12 points now. Bondholder with 14. The, the other horse that jumped up on the board a little bit is Cairo Prince. He's now 11th with four points. And Laddie Boy. Laddie Boy. <laughs> has got four points also. Um, so the next race is in the, in the chase for the Triple Crown. Um, the Jerome and the Sham. And, and actually, Maxie and I are going to the Sham in, at Santa Anita. Yes, sir. Um, which is on January 4th. And then the La, La, Tommy, do you know the name of this? La Comante? La Com- I don't know. What is it? Le Comp. Le okay. Pronounce it like you know it, yeah, like your French, Le Comp. Le Comp, okay. Le And you're I, going, I assume you're going to stand in need, and not only to obviously you have enjoyed a nice day of racing, but you're going to go right to the carved sandwich stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he can't stop talking about those <laughs> damn carved sandwiches. <laughs> With that freaking, they, <laughs> they were awesome. Max, I got to tell you, they were better than you talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh... Except for the guy, the first guy, I mean, the guy, it was kind of weird how the, the guy was like kind of a Nazi, you know, he opened up the dead carcasses and as you go down the line, they get nicer. And they, when you hit the cash register for the tips, they're yeah, like super sweet. Start taking your money out of your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's freaking hilarious. But anyhow, yeah. Well, what a great place. I actually got a survey today from the Breeders' Cup. I don't know whether it's the tickets were mailed to myself or not, but they had a survey on them. Um, the facility about the advertising and there's quite a variety of items they ask you about it was kind of cool actually and it was put together very nicely and uh, they're looking to improve and um that's great you know we had a we had a great time it was yeah, a that was a riot I, knew I, I had never been to Santa Anita it's, it's tremendous it's a it's a great place it's really 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 a great venue for that type of crowd to be able to handle that many people and so forth it was just beautiful cool so let's talk about the race recap, recap, recap here with um, second time you did that. Yeah, it is. I don't know what's going on tonight, but uh, I'm making them move. Nah, not really. <laughs> so race nine, Aqueduct, the Ramps in Grade Two. Um, so it's a 400k race, mile and eighth. 
man, it was like slow, um, very slow fraction. So uh, at the quarter, it was 25 and 8. At the half, 52 and 7. At the three quarters, it was uh, 1 and 17.56. And at the mile, it was uh, 141. And the finish was 152, a very slow fraction. So what I I mean I watched it a few times and Tom Durkin doing the race calls like under a dawdling pace I mean I think honor code had to change his tactics a little bit so he was running fourth behind um majestic lightning I believe and uh I I read something where um Javier Castellano said he was like chomping at the bit the the horse was chomping at the bit to kind of move up because it was so slow so he said instead of fighting fighting him he let him run. So Honor Code uncharacteristically went to the lead, or he went yeah. to the top pretty soon. Tom, any thoughts on that? Actually, or he may have actually he may have actually been going his normal pace to be off the pace. Yeah, Except the pace was so far so slow. He was actually forced into the pace. The, interesting. The two races prior, it was a similar race, a mile and an eighth, the, the Conley for three-year-old fillies. And they went to the five furlongs in five and three fifth seconds faster than the boys. <laughs> That's crazy. It's kind of amazing. You yeah. know, the final time of the final time of the common was only, you know, three seconds off at the end. But five and three fifth seconds the six furlongs is a lot of time. That's a ton of time. I don't know whether we really learned anything about any horse in the race other than honor code certainly will fight back if he has a challenge. So that yep. was a not very often does it, any horse come back on the rail like that after being passed. No. Impressive. Especially uh, for a horse named Majestic Lightning. Well, it's actually he was battling with um, Cairo, Pr- or, um, Cairo Prince down yeah, the stretch. I thought he said he was behind Majestic Lightning. Nah, when, like, when, when, it, when they turned for home, actually Cairo Prince got yeah. on the lead, and what, what Tommy was saying That's is... That's a good name, but... Yeah, once once a horse gets on the lead, and, and it, seemed, it seemed like to me, Tom, I don't know if you, you think this... But it seemed like Cairo Prince had the momentum going down the stretch, and um, Javier Castellano was yeah. whip, whipping Honor Code pretty good. And all of a sudden, he kind of like said, "Whoop, better get better get running here." And uh, he's a big, big horse, so it took him a while to get get his legs under him. But he he kicked it into a, a different gear, and man, I was like, <laughs> it was so close. Yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting on the head-on view. If you watch that from the head-on and the stretch, that. That Saez did come over on him a little bit, nothing at all, just doing a very good job of race riding to you know make that hole a little tighter for him to come through. He went over on him and got about a half length on him, but then I think as as Kieran mentioned that he thought he had won the race because then he came off the rail a little bit, gave him a little bit of space, and on her coat as soon as he saw he had a little room went right back by him. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's actually. It's a force to pass on the rail. It's a very tough force. A lot of them don't like to go in there. Yeah, I I, I posted the um, the win photo on my on my Twitter account, which was, I mean, it was it was close. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and it was it came down to like the I think the last heb bob, honor code got him. Yeah, so definitely, yeah. I had no idea watching it. I really didn't know. The only interest I had was the, my pick four may have been better with Cairo Prince than than honor code. So let me really, let. Let me ask you the question: Did you have did you have an exacta with Honor Code and Cairo Prince? No, 
Howard, I leave I leave those chalk exactors to you. <laughs> you you, you can I... bet those <laughs> under even money and one to one shots and exactors all day. I, I don't. There's a that. there's a good shot, but I had it a number of times, not just once. So I'm very proud. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I learned that from you. Because I, I I couldn't get off I couldn't get off of honor code I had I had a number a number of times so I won okay money not great but okay. It's good to, it's good to know that you and everybody else in the country had that exact. <laughs> <laughs> nice shot. All right, so on to. Uh, oh, I also I also read that um, honor code was six pounds lighter than uh, Kyra yeah, Prince. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some some not sour grapes, but Kieran felt like Luis Saez was overconfident, and you felt like that too, Tommy. Correct? Yeah, that's what I yeah, that's what I mentioned. I did think he yeah, overconfident kind of tough, but you know he he did have a chance to stay on him on the rail and force him a little bit in, which he did, and that's when he got ahead. Because again, the head-on view was pretty telling. That yeah, I'll have to take a look over, at that. That's when he got a little bit. And, you always give me a different perspective, out, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a, yeah, the, the head-on is really very telling a lot of times. I have to take a look at that. I, I didn't look at that, but I will. Um, and then, let's see, Suge said he thinks Cairo Prince is a nice horse. It's kind and, of a bland yeah. compliment. Well, it was, he's a nice He's horse. trying to be a nice guy, but and he said it was a peculiar race. And uh, we'll give him a little time to and take him to Payson um, Park the thoroughbred training center in florida and he's he needs to figure out how he's going to run for the triple crown distances which is an interesting comment but anyhow um he showed a little versatility a little closer to elite but again it may have been strictly because of the, the very slow pace so oh maybe, yeah you know back off and if he can rate in and be a stalker and still have any kind of closing kick like he's shown but yeah you know, we're still really early oh course. it's way early um, you know they're they're going to grow up and fill out and Yep. And there's a lot of time left before, and there's going to be a lot of a lot of snakes in the grass waiting for these two guys. Oh yeah. And uh, Kieran McLaughlin says that uh, Honorcoat is a nice horse, but we, we're giving up six pounds to him. Lose by a nose. We we feel like we still have the best horse right now. So okay. So Kieran, I think Kieran's going down to Florida also. Them is fighting words. <laughs> So let's go into the Kentucky Jockey Club. So Tommy, give me your give me your thoughts on this. So Tapature won, Laddie Boy came in second, Awesome Sky, then Buck Magic was in fourth. Give me how did you see this race kind of playing out? Or what what were your well, thoughts I'm before sure. we? I didn't actually see the race itself, um, but I did hear an interview with um, with Steve Askinson, and he was very very high on the horse, and basically saying that he's just learning to figure out the game. He's just learning out to to work better in the morning and he's maturing greatly and putting on some weight and so forth. That's what we talked about a few minutes ago that, you know, these two-year-olds going into their three-year-old season, they're they're growing. They're like uh, oh, yeah. 12 to 13-year-old boys at the time of their lives. So obviously they have no idea what they're doing after that, that age. So yeah, so my eye on him and, and he's looking for improvement. Yep. The splits were a lot faster in this race. So it's 24 and 1, 47, which is, I mean, that's decent. It's not great. 47 and 6, 136, or 1 minute 36, 82, and 143 and 51 for the, the final at 1 one and 1 16th. So. And that was a mile and an eighth race as well? No, it was a mile and a 16th, actually. Mile and a 16th, okay. 
So at the mile, they were 136, which I think is the 12-second furlong deal that we always talk about. So. Right, yeah. And another thing to remember is that race that he won was on a track where they do have a pretty big race in May. So. Yeah, you think? Yeah, What's that? What, 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 what might that that race be? I think that's the uh, <laughs> the claiming race. That, uh, <laughs> it, it never hurts when they run good over Churchill Downs. Yeah, it never hurts at all, and it is regular dirt, so we don't have to make the always popular synthetic to dirt yeah. comparisons when they race it. Either Woodbine and Keeneland and so on and so forth. So. Never count that out when you're looking at him in May and oh, yeah. if he's still around and you see a win over the track. It's very important. Yep. So on to so that's it. Do you any any of the thoughts or comments on the whole uh, Kentucky Jockey Club? We had Mark Cassie on Awesome Sky in thirty ran pretty well. Laddie Boy got out on top and he he ran pretty well with Jesus Castanon on him and. Tapature, Steve Asmussen, really solid trainer. Um, and Ricardo Santana. Do you know Ricardo Santana, Tommy? I don't, I'm not familiar with him, no. Yeah. So I did a little research on Mark, uh, Mark Cassie. Yeah. <laughs> so Mark, Mark Cassie, he's a Canadian guy, but he also goes down to Ocala, Florida. And, and he has seven kids. I was like, wow. So I did, did, <laughs> did a little bit of research on it. It was pretty interesting. Um, and then Ben Colebrook was the trainer for Buck Magic, and uh, he used to train with uh, Christopher Clamont. So anyhow, um, let's move on to the Cigar Mile. You, Tom, you, th- you said you had some thoughts on the Cigar Mile. So flat out, the, the old Billy Mott horse won that race with Private Zone in second and Verrazano in third. I, I, I was thinking that Verrazano would finish maybe a little bit stronger than he did, but... And I was thinking Groupie Doll and um, Golden Sense would do a little bit better, but California horses chipping in. What a, what a coincidence. Groupie Doll and Golden Sense, weren't they the favorites? Yeah, I think so. Shocking. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I can't believe the cards that they got together. That was awesome. That was an there awesome was a, race. There was a bonus involved. After I came up with a bonus for any horse that had won a Breeders' Cup race, the purse was listed as $500,000 for the Cigar Mile. But um, any horse that won um, the Breeders' Cup race, they were racing actually for a million dollars. And any horse that won a previous grade one was racing for $750,000. Yep. So it does show 500000 for the purse, but all of these guys that ran out in Anita coming back that had won were racing for as much as they raced for um for a million dollars, so that's what threw the field, and that's a great incentive for these guys to show up for these big races. I think uh, Golden Sense being the favorite, he was five to two though. That's pretty good odds. Yeah, yeah, they went off. He went off. It's, uh, they had three to one, and Verrazano was three to one, and that's just actually good. But they were the two actually co-favorites at three to one apiece. But um, they but played th- out. one turn miles and one turn races. I know he's very successful at Belmont. That configuration at Belmont with the wide sweeping turns, they run one turns for some several longer distances. And he's a great record at Belmont. And there he ran a mile and a quarter in the classic and cuts back to the mile. It's quite a turn back. Obviously, Billy Mott, we all know that he knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's the uh, cigar mile. I, I saw you uh, down yeah, there. Yeah, I would say you, you dropped the ball on that one. Or yeah, I did. That didn't come through. Nah. 
Can't all be zingers. But then on the uh, the Clark on um, Friday, I did a little bit better, but I had a pretty pretty big exact on that. So I played a straight exact that would will take charge and game on dude and won some pretty decent money. It paid. I mean, I think um, game on dude was a favorite and uh, we'll we'll take charge was probably the second favorite, but it paid I think eighteen bucks on the exact and I had it a, a number of times. So yeah. could be worse. Eighteen sixty is pretty generous. Yeah. So, uh, game on dude, I did, though. I did my both on the, uh, my wagering for the, the weekend for Saturday with the Cigar Mile and the, um, the Conley of that product. I played my usual. I'm a big pick, pick four player. I like to play the pick four. And the pick four for that particular day paid $39, which I had. Unfortunately, it cost me 56 <laughs> to buy it. So and that you... makes me a moron. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well. So, and, you, and you're mocking me for t- picking favorites. What well, the hell's going on? It was, it was self-mocking. I was taking it like a champ. You didn't even know that when I threw that out there. <laughs> Got to have some surprises, right? Yeah, come on. Hey, I won, I won, I won. Yeah, any, I really any, any thoughts on the Clark? I mean, did you did you watch it at all? I mean, we'll take charge as a great horse. So. Will Take Charge is a great horse, and I would have given you two cents for Will Takes Charge chances of winning. At the top of the lane, when Mike Smith looked around over his shoulder, he was calm as can be on Game on Dude, and Saez was working Will Take Charge like he was a mule trying to get up a hill. <laughs> he was hitting them and swiping around like crazy, and Smith was just sitting chilly, but he just kept going and going and going, and Will Take Charge, he's a phenomenal horse. Yep. Cool. Any any last thoughts? Any questions, Maxie? I always no. ask if you have any questions, and I generally don't. There you go. And I and I I think that's a wrap. So yep. uh, really appreciate you being on, Tommy. And uh, uh, it's a pleasure. Th- I had a wonderful time. Any, As always, may the horse be with you. <laughs> <laughs> the horse be any with any parting thoughts, Tommy? No, just thanks for uh, thanks for uh, having me, and I can't wait to come back. And will you be at, be on again at, at some date in the future? We're going to try to get some other folks on, but we want you back on. So appreciate uh, you, you appreciate your Thank time. You it was fun. So uh, Maxie, why don't you do the wrap here? All right, you can find us uh, all of the podcasts on anglelightmedia.com in the podcast section. You can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, give us a tweet at Anglelite Media or follow us or and not war and follow us on Facebook Anglelite Media and uh, I believe that's a show. That's it. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>